Well, that's a picture which I've never seen before. I read from James, second chapter, first 17 verses. My brothers and sisters, do you with your acts of favoritism really believe in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ? For if a person with gold rings and fine clothes comes into your assembly, and if a poor person in dirty clothes also comes in, and if you take notice of the one wearing the fine clothes and say, have a seat here, please, while to the one who is poor you say, stand there or sit at my feet. Have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers and sisters, has not God chosen the poor in the world to be rich in faith and to be heirs of the kingdom that he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. It is not the rich who oppress you. It is not they who drag you into court. It is not they who bl blaspheme the excellent name that was invoked over you. You do well if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you show him if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for it all. For the one who said, You shall not commit adultery, also said, you shall not murder. Now if you do commit, do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to judge by the, to be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment will be without mercy to anyone who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but do not have works? Can faith save you? If a brother or a sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, Keep warm and eat your fill. And yet you do not supply their bodily needs. What is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. 
The old way of determining if a person is alive doesn't work anymore. Checking for a pulse, breathing, and response is no longer adequate. So all 50 states adopted a new standard. A person is still alive if there is any brain functioning activity. They are considered to be alive. However, our topic today is not about when the body is dead, but when faith is dead. James is not talking about dead people, but about dead faith. James' shorthand version of the criteria is verse 17. So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. In earlier verses, he spells out his criteria more clearly. In verses 1 through 7, he notes failure to keep the whole law, but instead choosing bits and pieces. The practice does not honor the divine law behind them all. Love your neighbor as yourself. In verse 13, showing no mercy. In verses 14 to 17, paying lip service to one faith, one's faith and not expressing that faith through good works. All of this can be summed up in the declaration that faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. James gave this criteria for declaring faith dead, not so that we can make judgments about other people. He gave them for self-diagnosis. When is faith no longer moving? No longer moving is exactly the right phrase because unlike when a person physically dies and no longer communicates, no longer moves, people with dead faith keep right on talking, even when they have stopped moving, as it were. The lay Ethel, Ethel Barrett, who was a well-known for her skill in telling Bible stories to children, put it this way, you have a tongue in your head and two tongues in your shoes. And no matter what the tongue in your head is saying, the tongues in your shoes tell you what you are doing and where you are going. And the awful truth is that the tongues in your shoes have the last word. It was the psychologist Alfred Adler who said, Trust only movement. Life happens at the level of events, not of words. Trust movement. Thus it follows that what we do tells more about the state of our faith than what we say. And that indeed is what James meant when he said, so faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead.
or as it is sometimes popularly put these days, we need not only to talk the talk, but also to walk the walk. It may appear that James and Paul are at odds. Some people argue that good works seem to contradict what Paul said. In Romans 3.28 he says, For we hold that a person is justified by faith apart from works prescribed by the law. In Galatians 2.16 he said it again, And we have come to believe in Christ Jesus so that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by doing the works of the law because no one will be justified by the works of the law. But Paul was talking about when we were still in the darkness of sin, where faith and nothing else but the grace of God brings us to new life. James, on the other hand, is talking about after we were in the new life, letting it die by not walking the talk, or as Barrett put it, coming to faith and then not expressing that faith in works makes us as much a, a sense of whamming the ball over the fence for a home run and then just standing on the plate. Besides, Paul is as clear as James that works matter in the Christian life. Paul writes in Ephesians 2.10, For if we are what God has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared to be our way of life. The faith works tension in the New Testament does remind us, of course, that being a disciple of Jesus is not about all about good works because there are important matters of repentance and belief involved as well. But faith and works do belong together. We might think of it being in a rowboat with the word faith on one oar and works on the other. When we try rowing with either of the oars alone, the boat simply goes in a circle, clockwise for one oar and counterclockwise for the other oar. Actually, to go anywhere, both oars need to be used together. James' working faith, in case any of his readers don't know what it means by works, James gives us an example. If a brother or a sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, and eat your fill, and yet you do not simply supply their bodily needs, what good is that? That is lip service and not good works. Here's a modern day example. It's a cartoon. A woman is lying on a couch, obviously miserably sick. The sink is stacked with dirty dishes. 
a huge basket of laundry sits nearby. Two dirty children are fighting in one corner. The cat is licking milk from a puddle where a carton of milk had been tipped over. A smiling woman stands in the doorway saying, Well, Florence, if there is anything I can do to help, you just don't hesitate to let me know. We should not think of works only as addressing needs that present themselves to us. James is not offering any criteria of dead faith simply as a general or theoretical uh, document. He has a specific event in mind. In verse 2, he is addressing what he may have really seen happen. When a wealthy person comes into the assembly of his reader's specific community, he notes that the rich person is offered a seat of honor, while a poor person is told to stand over at the side or to sit on the floor. In so doing, James says, the church members involved are dishonoring the poor. It's an attitude of favoritism. The good work in this case is to respond to even everyday situations in ways that reflect the values of Jesus. Now let's think of the resurrection of faith. This is a good time to remind ourselves that one of the basic foundation stones of the Christian faith is resurrection. Even dead faith can come to life again. That was most likely James' aim in issuing his criteria for knowing when faith is dead. It was so believers would get moving and become doers as well. There's an old fable about a man walking through the forest and saw a fox who had lost his legs. The man wondered how the fox lived. Then he saw a tiger come with game in his mouth. The tiger ate its fill and left the remainder for the fox. The man saw the hand of God in this, and he decided that he would rest in a corner with full trust that the Lord would provide him with what he needed, just as he did the fox. So he did this for many days, but no one brought him anything. When he was almost at death's door, he heard a voice say, O you who are in a path of error, open your eyes to the truth. Follow the example of the tiger and stop imitating the disabled fox. As Paul said in his agreement with James, we are what God has made us, created in Christ for good works which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. Amen.